0: Previously on the Simply Human Podcast.
1: Whenever we were talking to that one guy about a fecal transplant, we were talking about, how does that work? You just like pull put your pants down and put your butt up against the other guy's butt and just
0: start pooping. <laughs> All right, you got to suck in while I go out. Oh my gosh.
1: It's episode 171 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, we have a digestive health expert, Norm Rob—it's either Robili- Robillard, Robillard. I've never spoken to him. We've email, I have no idea.
0: Well, uh, I'm gonna go up and. Up. I'm gonna go on a limb and say Robillard.
1: Not Robillard. It's R O B I L L A R D. He actually just sent me what a Skype. Oh he's able to
0: keep you from crapping in your pants? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's the only reason I'm bringing him on. Recording the intro. Question number one. <laughs> five minutes. Okay, so um, I accepted his Skype request. He's right on time. Um, so on today's show, it's Norm Robillard. Robillard. We'll figure it out when we call him. He's a health. Uh, expert depends clearly. on what? What?
0: I've clearly figured it out. It's Robillard.
1: Robillard. Okay, that's what we're going to guess. And I'm guessing. Well, we'll guess his birthday in a second.
0: Uh, right. <laughs> so, um,
1: Rick, I have an exciting announcement about Health IQ.
0: You do? I do. Well, an
1: exciting announcement. Easy. Play the play the fanfare. <laughs> um, the guy that I originally talked to, like, moved. Uh, out of the podcast department and the new guy that like he handed me off to, uh, won't, uh, call me back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, <laughs> so
1: until I hear from this you, guy, no, we're not uh, going to, we're not, yeah, yeah. Until I hear from this guy, we're not going to do the, uh, the ads anymore. Cause I, it's no, been like,
0: who says, hey, we would like to advertise and sponsor your show. Here's, you know, let's talk. Well, about there's the still a chance.
1: It's, it's yeah. And
0: statistics and money. And yeah, it's been. Now we can't get the
1: most. Yeah, it's been like three months. Uh, so hopefully it'll all work out, but we're not going to do the ad this time because um, I don't know what's going on. Okay, um, very quickly before we uh, call, and is this, let's see. Hey, oh, Rick, doctor. He's a doctor. Yeah, I know. That's 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 fascinating um okay, so as you know, I was in a different state this weekend. We have talked before on the show about the connection that I have with the Bush family. We've talked about this. Um, there was a funny story about how I texted my my his grandson whenever we thought jen sent me the screenshot that he that george h had passed and i sent his very long and respectful uh uh text to my friend and he was like no, no no he's he's right across the street i can see him he's fine he's not dead and so this that whole thing so i was at a wedding make a long story short we walk outside to this outdoor wedding and, like the, like, the wedding planner guy is like, hey, everybody needs to start making their way over to the chairs, right? It's like this overlooking these mountains. It's this beautiful thing, a Garden of the Gods up in Colorado. And George and Laura are just, just standing there. Uh, seeking-
0: oh, 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 hang on, hang on, <clears throat> hang on.
1: I can call them that.
0: No, you <laughs> may not.
1: Yeah, they're just... They're just there, and, and George kind of waved over at me and kind of motioned me to come over. He wanted to talk to me.
0: Was he putting on a poncho? <laughs> That's the best what? George W. Bush thing when he's put trying to put the oh. poncho on at the inauguration. Have you not? Yes, seen that yes, video? yes. My favorite thing. Oh, oh man, it's so great.
1: My favorite George Bush moment, uh, George W. Bush moment, is when he was over in the Middle East doing that press conference, and that reporter took his shoe off. You and through, and he like, and he dodges it, like just like, like, like he and had then he it pops planned. back
0: up, like, huh, you got two shoes, baby. Where's the second and one? He, <laughs> and he, and he throws
1: the second one. and He dodges the second one, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, like, oh, that's like, I, I was gonna take a picture with him with my shoe in my hand, but we didn't get around to it. Um,
0: well, I'm sure that would have gone over yeah, real well. Right,
1: <laughs> the Secret Service. Like I gotta take my shoe off and hold it up, and they like tackle me off the side of the cliff, but. It, so I walk over to him and my great grandmother was their babysitter in Midland uh, in the 50s so there's like that, that's kind of a conversation starter so it's not like I'm walking up yeah, going you
0: got some small talk to make with right, a former president right
1: so it's not just like oh I'm a huge fan or whatever you're going to say like I love your hair yeah. so I walk up and I said Lois Rogers is my great grandmother and he was I, like oh. I have
0: and things I would have told him
1: it was shish and the uh the first thing that he said when i told her told him that was oh man did you grow up in colorado city which is where she lived like most of her life after she moved from midland which is amazing that he remembered that you know and so i was like no actually i didn't grow up there um i i was talking to somebody greg wiggins simply human zone greg wiggins i think was the one i was talking about this he said that i should have been like hey i'm mark rogers like and you are like, what, what's your connection to the the bride or groom? Like, what, yeah. why are you here? And then just been like, ah, just kidding. <laughs> You're clearly the priest. Yeah,
0: he probably actually would have thought that was. Hilarious. I know,
1: and I, he and yeah.
0: Struck me as a guy. I'm gonna completely take politics aside, from like a human being standpoint. Like a really cool dude. Yeah. Like he's always struck me as like, if he was your neighbor, you'd be like, hey, just like going over guy. and yeah. me being George gonna watch the game or whatever right like he's always down to earth very down and yeah. so i think he would have found that to be funny and i'm funny.
1: yeah i'm so sad so got a picture with him and then laura was there and jen my wife like loves laura is there an education? you know she's a big education advocate and jen is an education so we got a picture with laura and jenna and barbara were there and like the whole thing um i didn't i i didn't know about like posting i, I mean i know that i probably shouldn't post any of the pictures or whatever on facebook this is okay to talk about it right we've and we've talked about this.
0: What the, you got your picture taken yeah, with that's the former a, president of the United States? Yeah, it's like yeah after that's after the okay fact. To talk about. Okay. What's uh, what, what I think is even more important to talk about is after you sent the picture of you <laughs> yes. and George W to our group text message thread, I spent like the next forty-five minutes uh Photoshopping that picture with uh, heads of other, other world uh, leaders, disgraced world leaders <laughs> like Edi Amin. And uh, you know, uh, there were many, there were so
1: many of them. <laughs> like
0: Mahmoud Ahmed, and like uh, it, that was some of my best work. Yeah, picture of you with world leaders. It's just it's perfect.
1: it was pretty it's, good, it's yeah. absolutely
0: the best job. I've
1: ever done. So it was cool. We yeah. got to talk I'm to glad you got yeah, that way you've got those pictures forever. But the night before at the rehearsal dinner, I got to sit next to the youngest Bush son, like like George's youngest brother, who is like even more down to earth than George. Like we like he's a huge Cowboys fan, and we just sat there and just like talked sports and just cut up for like an hour and a half. It was awesome. Um,
0: Name like Mitch.
1: do what Marvin.
0: Oh, Marvin. That's yeah. right. No, no. Like the like
1: the, the, fake. the well, the first thing. So, like, so Barbara, Barbara Bush's the the eld eldest hey, Barbara Bush, Barbara
0: or young Barbara. Old
1: Barbara, her dad's name was okay. uh was Marvin Pierce. Right. So that's why he's Marvin. And and he told me this. He was like, he was like, yeah, yeah. So like they always told me he hates his name. He's like, Marvin is like the dumbest name of all time. Right. And he's like, I've hated it. not a good
0: name for a young man. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like,
1: I've hated it my whole life. And, And he's like, what they've told me was, Oh, like my, your grandfather was, was this great man? We named him after you. Name, you were named. You're named after him. And he goes, "Well, then, why did it take you four boys? And if he's such a great guy, like, why did it take you four times? To, yeah, which I thought was pretty funny. But it's like the bottom of the barrel, like, yeah. uh, honor, from the name honor, yeah, uh, bucket. So he's um he he has these stories. Like he he went to Virginia. Um, and was like, he didn't play basketball at Virginia, but like he played pickup and was on intramurals and stuff and like was, was a fa- fairly decent basketball player. And like, he had a story about him playing pick uh, pickup basketball with Roger Staubach when they were like in their mid thirties. Um, which is a pretty cool story. Like so he had some of these stories. But anyway, uh, it was great. Uh George P. and Jeb Junior were both there. Jeb's sons were there and it was just like it was just kinda cool. Secret Service was all over the place. I got to MC the rehearsal dinner. Okay,
0: that's that's what I've always wondered. I know what it looks like from a secret service standpoint of like a sitting president and also I went to like a John Kerry campaign event in Ohio yeah. uh like in whenever that, that was like oh four or whatever, and I saw what it's like. During an active campaign, how many Secret Service agents are there for like just a former president? Yeah, I. two presidents.
1: I saw three. There could have been more, but I saw three. And as soon as at the dinner, he gave the invocation, like before dinner, and then they were they were gone. That was awesome. Yeah, they all left. Yeah.
0: Fool me once, shame on me. (laughs) You can't get fooled again. That's my favorite George Bush moment of all time. I'm trying to say that. Him realizing because I've done the same thing, but I'm not the president. Yeah. But like realizing, like four words into it, you're like, "Oh man." <laughs> uh, I don't it know. Just goes a little something like this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, so that was pretty
0: That's cool. That was the best part, also.
1: Yes. Um, okay, you know what? Let's uh, let's get Doctor Robillard on. I'm gonna add him to the call yeah. here. Um, add to call. Doctor. Mm. And doctor. Doctor.
2: Mark? Can you yes. Hear
1: me? Okay. So we we are having a debate on how to pronounce your last name. We we're gonna go with Doctor Robillard.
2: That sounds about right. Oh, good job, Rick. Me... told you I win.
1: Yeah. So we. Uh, are...
2: Okay. So Mark, I know about you. Rick, I haven't met you before. <laughs> how do you do?
0: I'm I'm doing well. It's nice to meet you, Doctor. Thank you for joining us.
1: We are actually no, we are please, recording.
0: Please,
2: please, yeah. Call you can call me Norm. Okay. Norm, Doctor Norm, Norm. It's fine.
1: Awesome. Well, okay. Dr. Norm, we are recording. Uh, we just recorded a, an intro, and, and so we, we're so excited to have you on. So guys, Dr. Norm is the founder of the Digestive Health Institute, uh, is a leading gut health expert. He turned his own suffering from chronic acid reflux into a mission to create the drug and antibiotic-free, fast-track diet for functional gastrointestinal disorders. Welcome to the show, Dr. Norm.
2: All right. Thanks for having me. So where, are you,
1: where are you from, you from?
2: I grew up just outside of Boston, and then spent uh, quite a few years out in California. But I'm back now, back <laughs> so in Boston. So I live in you, Watertown, Mass.
1: So are you big like uh, Red Sox, Patriots? What's uh, is that? What's going on?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I don't watch much baseball these days for some reason. My dad's a big hockey fan, but oh. I certainly don't miss. I don't miss a Patriots game. Okay, as I'm sure you are probably the same with uh, Dallas.
1: <laughs> yeah, or the Cowboys. We are Cowboys actually fans. exactly. Yeah. So, well, the only problem is like, and Doctor Norm, I want, I would like to hear your thoughts on this. So, like, an eighteen-year-old, uh, from, the from New England, from Boston, who's never known a bad like Patriots, or even like a twenty-four-year-old, because you don't really come into sports consciousness until you're like, you know, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. <laughs> what do you like? What do you think that those kids are spoiled? Because I know you've you had to go through some pretty bad Patriots teams like do you are you okay with that or do you are you like you you guys don't know you're so spoiled how do you feel about the the young Patriots fans yeah.
2: you know I don't think it stops when you're when you get older uh <laughs> you get spoiled and and you get used to winning and when they when they lose for instance the Super Bowl
0: uh,
1: I
2: mean it, you know you feel a little depressed
1: <laughs> yeah especially to <laughs> back well, out and it's around. Not just
0: the Patriots too because the, uh, the Celtics have won titles Mini, recently. Yeah. The Bruins have won titles recently. The Red Sox I mean, you've gone to you know, from kind of a uh, you know place where not a lot of good stuff happened for several years to like basically being championshipville USA. Yeah. And now Dallas is shut out of all of it. So yeah, yeah we've it's reversed roles for sure.
2: Yeah. But how's things going down there? I mean what's any trades? So you have deck what deck? Prescott Prescott is yes. it? QB down there?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the our the biggest thing is uh Alan, with Alan Hearns. Is that is that Rick? Is that correct? That's the receiver we just yes. signed from Alan, the Jaguars. Um nice. and we'll we'll see. That's really all we've done so far, um, free agent wise. But uh yeah. We're Rick is a big hockey fan and he's always talking hockey and I'm always getting bored with hockey, so after we hang up, I'll leave the call and you guys can just nerd out on hockey for like an hour. So <laughs>
2: Well, I'll put him in touch with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad remembers the, the last time the uh, uh, Bruins won before this recent title. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Awesome. The Bobby Orgel.
1: Uh, actually, it That's wasn't Bobby Orr, Rick. It was uh, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky no, no, was that the was guy's the name. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: uh, Gretzky. Mark, what? stop. Sorry. I demand that you stop attempting to try to talk hockey. You're ridiculous.
1: Brett, <laughs> Brett uh, Hall Sr. Uh, was okay. another.
0: Yes, that's enough of hockey talk. <laughs>
1: All right, Dr. Norm, we are so excited to have you on. Tell us your story, uh, kind of a, a background, uh, and how you got to where you are today. And then we are we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about.
2: Sure, yeah. Let me give you the, the quick version there so we can move on. Um, you know, I am a microbiologist by training. That's what I went to school for. Uh, studied a lot of these gut microbes uh, when I was in uh, grad school and as a postdoctoral fellow. Uh, but you know, we were thinking of gut microbes as more of the enemies back then. Like if they get out of the intestines, if you have a, uh, you know, if you got shot and you get an infection, and in you gut, you know, from like *Bacteroides fragilis*, one of the bugs I used to study. We need to kill it before it kills you. So we were thinking of it in those ways. But obviously, you know, these days. Uh, there's a much more thorough uh, perception of these microbes in our gut that, that actually protect us. So here's how I came to be where I am. I I went to uh, school, got out of school, worked in biotech, uh, pharmaceuticals, did a lot of research, uh, not on gut microbes during that time, but it's interesting because I had my own, my own GI issue. I had chronic acid reflux that was just, it was killing me. Um, and, and, you know, the the drugs that my own industry was putting out the proton pump inhibitors the h2 blockers I mean they just they were helping with the symptoms a little bit to be fair but they really weren't solving the problem I could still tell I was belching and refluxing and I'd wake up at night aspirating it into my lungs yeah. thinking I was dying I mean I was I was Ugh. in rough shape you know for and this went on for years and I never knew what was causing it I never even thought about my diet I never thought about my gut microbes in that perspective but here's what happened in around 2004. All right, so this was 14 years ago. Uh, my oldest son was a was a trainer, and he said, you know, Dad, you need to lose a couple pounds. I'm going to get you a treadmill, and, and let's go on a low-carb diet. And I said, you know, <laughs> you're right. So, uh, And I bought the book Protein Power by Drs. Mike and Mary Dan Eads, you know, low-carb dieting. And I, I went on the diet with, just to lose a few pounds. But what really shocked me was my acid reflux also um, dramatically improved. And I thought, this is just unbelievable. I mean, I've, I've been suffering and I go on this diet, it's better. Uh, and other people online were saying the same thing. And I found a little study out of uh, Duke University, a pilot study, low carb diets for heartburn and reflux was, was uh, showed you know, that it was quite effective. But nobody knew or was talking about why. Why would this be? And so I really wanted to know, why do carbohydrates, what do they have to do with reflux? Do they cause acid reflux? And uh, so I started reading about the, you know, the existing theory on this lower esophageal sphincter and it, you know, relaxing. And, you know, there was 50 or 60 year old theory that had to do with these muscles on the tops of your stomach, spontaneously relaxing or loosening. And that's what caused acid reflux. And nobody questioned it all these years. But this was a dilemma because what did carbohydrates have to do with this? So I started looking at how, how are, how are these food groups digested? You know, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, what is it about carbs? And, you know, as I moved through the digestive tract, the stomach and chewing and the acid and uh, pepsin in the stomach and more enzymes in the small intestine, all of a sudden when I was in the intestines, I started thinking back, wow, you know, I used to work with bacteria that grow in the intestines. And I remember two, Things that seem important now, they prefer carbohydrates as a fuel source, and most of these strains produce a whole lot of gas, hydrogen, carbon dioxide, and there's also these archaea organisms that produce methane. And the loads of them in our gut, they're producing a lot of gas, and I, it just came to me in a flash. I thought, I think I know what might be happening here. I'm eating too many carbohydrates. I'm not processing, digesting, and absorbing them very well. And they're overfeeding blooms of gas-producing bacteria. And that gas pressure is building up, translating into the stomach. And that's, that's well-researched, by the way. They know people with GERD have a lot of pressure in their stomach. And I thought, it's probably that simple, like dropping a Mentos into a bottle of Coke. My reflux is being caused by this carbohydrate malabsorption and gas-producing bacteria. And it was just, you know, I, I was so shocked that I just started, you know, researching and writing, and I really wanted to get these ideas out there and this new theory and get in the clinic and all that stuff. So along the way, I started to realize that the biggest problem were the harder to digest but fermentable carbohydrates, lactose fructose right you've heard about lactose and fructose intolerance sure yeah but i also added to the list resistant starch which is like a fiber all of the different types of fiber and sugar alcohols with with this one safe sugar alcohol but i can talk about that later and so that ended up becoming the basis of this fast track diet approach
1: okay cool um man there was like there, as you're talking i'm like ooh i'm going to ask him that and then it's like you say the next sentence and i'm like ooh i need to ask him about that so i'm going to i'm going to say a sentence and i'm not saying that i i believe the sentence but i'm going to say a sentence and i want you to respond to the sentence okay or and maybe not a sentence maybe just like a couple of just sentences just a trick question no you'll see where i'm going with this because i don't Shoot. i i heard this and i don't know what to think about it so the gut okay. the gut uh, flora the microbiota that are in your gut there are, there are way more of those bacterial cells than human cells. And, and in fact, we are not carrying them around. They are using us to, to, to survive and, and uh, to, to get around instead of the other way around. Uh, uh, kind res- of like res- if the
2: aliens came down and they right. saw some guy you know walking a dog, they'd, they'd think the dog the was dog The dog was in
1: charge, yes. Respond to that statement.
2: Um, Well, first of all, it's true about half of the time. You know, after we eat, when these guys are churning away on these uh, uh, fermentable carbohydrates, there are more of these bacteria in our intestines than cells in our body. But when when we're hungry, we haven't eaten for a while, it balances out and we may have a few more cells than than them. So that's one thing that seesaws back and forth. So where do the but cells what, go?
1: Like where, like where do the bacteria go? Do they, do they die? Like when we when we uh, uh, go to the restroom?
2: Well, yeah, I mean that you get rid of a lot of them when you go to the restroom, huh. but they're also you know they have a life cycle. Cool. But anyway, that's on the numbers of bacteria. What I find even more interesting is instead of looking at the number of cells, our cells to their cells, and I mean our cells are much bigger, right? That's why we have all, more mass, but when you look at genes, the number of genes okay. then bacteria really shine. They have a hundred more genes than we than all of the human genome. Wow. A hundred wow. times more. And what's even more interesting and relevant to this this discussion we're having is most of those genes are all targeted at how to break down complex carbohydrates. Huh.
1: So 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 why does a a low carb diet just because you're not uh, activating as many of those bacteria like why is the why is the low carb diet uh, beneficial in that way when we're talking about bacteria and their genetic code?
2: Yeah, well it, you know that gets to a, a a much deeper question right about how how did we evolve and why you know why would these bacteria be there to begin with? Um, they're there because they like all animals, they can save our lives when we don't have um, an, you know, a, a robust food supply, because all of those, you know, hundred times more genes than our, than we have, all breaking down complex carbohydrates. That's so when we do eat carbohydrates that aren't fully digestible, you know, roots and fibrous vegetables and so forth, uh, a lot of those carbohydrates we simply can't break down. We just don't have the enzymes. Yeah. But we have these microbes like all other animals. We have these microbes in, mostly in our large intestine. Um, you talked about the numbers, some 100 trillion in, in the human large intestine. They break down these complex carbohydrates and, and and the ones on that list, lactose, fructose, resistant starch, fiber, and sugar alcohols. Some sugar alcohols naturally occurring in, in uh, vegetables and fruits, by the way. They're breaking those down and they're producing short-chain fatty acids, right? Right. so those are in one word fats and and we can metabolize those and get energy from them so there's a survival advantage for having these bacteria huh. in our, our gut is that what That's makes why, us able
1: to eat so many different things like i yeah, always say like and, and, yeah. and
2: survive on them right but you know things have changed right um you know we first of all we're not eating the diet of our ancestors where we evolved. Right. Because it turns out where you, your ancestors come from, they had certain, they were, uh, they evolved to eat a certain diet in that area and, and they tuned into that. So for instance, uh, some areas, you know, on the planet, people consume at more um, starches, right? Right. And what they're finding is that the people in those areas uh, you know, that that evolved there have more gene copies for the salivary amylase enzyme. To help them break and down
1: that, that the starches before it gets yeah, down into your gut, yeah.
2: Up to 60% of their saliva can be this amylase enzyme. In other places, probably more northern regions, uh, people have fewer gene copies, if that's where they evolved, and they don't tolerate starches as well. And by the way, the people that have a lot of amylase in the saliva, they also seem to have an advantage in how they process starches in terms of uh, blood sugar. So it does look like kind of an evolutionary advantage. So here's what's happened in modern times, right? Antibiotics, preservatives, we've got the Western diet, all of these things go you know, going on at the same time. And Mark, I was looking at your website, and I looked at some of the, you know, uh, simple way of eating and no processed foods, and everything you were saying makes sense to keep a healthy microbiota. But that's not the way it is in most, you know, places these days. And so what happens, things can become unbalanced, and there's a lot of carbohydrates and all of these snack foods and junk foods. And I really think we're overfeeding our microbiota. And so you start to get the, these blooms of bacteria, and it may be, it may not be what they call SIBO. That's the big buzzword these days. Small it might have intestine. Just been initial, yeah, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. overgrowth. Yeah, ha. It might start out as a general dysbiosis, so just too many bacteria in the large intestine. All right, that's where most of them are supposed to be. The small intestine has many fewer bacteria in the different types that are supposed to be there to kind of protect the small intestine. And there's almost no bacteria in the early part of the small intestine where our critical digestive machinery is, the villi and the microvilli and all of these little sensitive enzymes, the sucrases and the maltases and so forth. And so if you have a lot of bacteria and a lot of gas, they can these bacteria can work their way into your small intestine, the ones that are in large numbers and your large intestine can work their way past the ileocecal valve and start to populate in the small intestine, and that's called SIBO, small okay. intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So th- and that's a problem because it really does gum things up. Yeah.
1: Now, I've, I've got a friend. This may not be your area of expertise, but I have a friend, for instance, who has pooped like three times a day his whole life. Is that normal or is that dependent on a bunch of other things and you can't really say if it's normal or not?
2: Um, you know, it's absolutely normal. And, and, and also people that don't poop in a day or even two days, that can be normal too. It's really more a question of, uh, you know, it, are you uncomfortable? Do you have normal stool consistency? Or, or when you go three days, three times in a day, is it diarrhea? Or when you don't go for two days or so is it hard and lumpy and you have to strain and you're really uncomfortable because that's constipation but just not going as much isn't suppose you're doing a lot of fasting right. or you're not consuming many carbohydrates you won't be making as much poop
1: yeah that's what uh rick really is interested in is how to not make as much poop uh because he's really Listen, a, he's such uh, a poop manufacturer over there um, my
0: situation down there is uh, <laughs> going a okay. Thank you, though, Mark. I, it. I can almost set. A, I can set my watch to it. Just
1: about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's another funny thing. Well, so um, you mentioned fasting. Uh, like, if you're maybe if you're fasting, you're not you know creating a manufacturing. I like the saying manufacturing poop. Um, why is? Let's talk about fasting. Why is that healthy? That's kind of a buzzword right now. A lot of people think that's like this fad thing that's not natural and it's like a starvation thing. Talk about fasting and why it's good for the gut.
2: Mm. And and by the way, on this, I will tell you, you know, I fast myself regularly, have been for many years. Um, I'm not the expert, but it is an area that I really enjoy learning about and reading about. And I certainly do recommend it to people I consult with because, you know, uh, we've been talking about how great a lower carbohydrate diet is, right? right, for digestive health issues. Well, fasting is low carb. It's also low, low protein and low fat. Yeah, it's low everything. It's low calorie. <laughs> so, but one thing it's not going to do is feed these microbes. In fact, some of these microbes can, can uh, ferment certain amino acids so they can kind of attack the protein too. Uh, so when you're fasting, you're not doing that. Uh, but just as kind of a primer on fasting, just some of my reading. Uh, I mean, there's a great TED Talk I'd recommend people, if they're interested in this, watch you know, a real expert, Dr. Mark Mattson national institute of aging if they just google his ted talk yeah. fantastic i mean he talks about fasting's impact on reducing inflammation and oxidative stress promoting fat metabolism right that's shifting us into ketosis right. just like a low carb diet fasting does that too helps the brain parkinson's alzheimer's epilepsy so that there's a general good primer that people can just watch that that video but it yeah, does and I'll, I'll look
1: f- up. It's the Doctor Mark Matson. I've seen that TED talk. I will uh, link to it in the show I, notes. I
2: think I've, I, you know, I've
0: been doing a bunch of reading and, and watching stuff about fasting uh, recently, also, and I think I've seen that one as well. So yeah, I mean, you're speaking my language right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was just I, I was blown away watching that. I mean, it just even though all of this stuff is going to require you know some more directed research, it's just f- fantastic what was it. it and what we're seeing seems to fit with some of the other models too. Uh, calorie restriction for longevity. Um, but when I think about this, my mind always warns, wanders to, okay, what about gut microbes? How do they fit into this equation? And, uh, you know, I, I had been looking at studies on lean and obese people, right? Obesity is kind of the opposite situation. And believe it or not, in obesity, you have a less diverse microbiota, right? You don't want tons of bacteria making gas and giving you all these uh, symptoms, but you also uh, you need some want it yeah. to be diverse. And so when you overfeed them, you get some strains that grow and grow and grow, and they kind of overpopulate um, uh, kind of like people crashing a party, you know, when you really want just a whole diverse mix of healthy bacteria. So, um, and another Danish study showed that, uh, oh yeah, they compared obese to non-obese. Um, and again, so more diverse and non-obese individuals. Uh, the The fasting, the impact on human microbe populations are somewhat limited, but there's a couple of things out there Um, one paper, I'll tell you what it is, but I don't even have it yet. I I sent for it from the library and I want to read that, but there is a paper I did read from uh, a researcher in Austria, uh, 2015. Um, I can, I can send you the link for that, but her name is Marlene Reemley. She's the the researcher, but she found when people fasted that there was an increased microbial diversity. So similar to lean, right? Right. Increased diversity. And she also found an increase. In the abundance of certain really healthy gut bacteria, Faecalibacterium prausnitzii, right? If you're somebody with a with an inflammatory bowel disease, you tend to be very deficient in that bacteria. So we know it's important. Yeah. So people fasting had more of that. They had more Akkermansia muciniphila, and guess what? That's been cited as being a good one for uh, not only protecting the gut barrier but also for leanness. So it kind of ties in to the the other studies. And it ties in with this paper I don't have yet, but it's called Intermittent Fasting yeah. Promotes White Adipose Browning and Decreases Obesity by Shaping the Gut Microbiota. Yeah. So it's a long name, but I wanted yeah. wanted your peeps to hear it yeah. So in case they want to look up the paper. I don't have it yet. But what they're talking about is that somehow the role of um, gut bacteria, and this, this research, early research is being done in mice, but that it helps st- – Uh, stimulate the the um, what do they call that kind of the white adipose tissue that you can't break down and metabolize into more beige or brown fat which can be metabolized so it gets to that idea of of bacteria in our gut helping us burn fat better yeah so it's really um i think some amazing research i really i want to learn more about that oh and by the way it does it by elevating um, certain products that the bacteria make, acetate and lactate, right? Those are those short-chain, two of those short-chain fatty acids we were talking about. And by the way, they, it doesn't happen in germ-free mice. They have to have the bacteria so they can take them away. But They can take the bacteria from one and put them in the other one and give it that ability again. So, And that's in, it's in a good journal, Cell Metabolism. Uh, it's probably worth a read. I don't have it yet. Yeah. But, um, you
1: mentioned uh, uh, you fast daily. I've been fasting since 2011. How do you define a well, fast? Are you uh, Some people are going like, you know, 48 hour fast. Other people are going a certain number of hours per day. Like, what is your sort of uh, 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 prescription on, you know, the quote unquote fast?
2: Yeah, again, and 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 it's a great topic. I mean, I keep meaning to read Jimmy Moore. Uh, he co-authored a book with somebody else on fasting. I keep meaning to get my yeah. Hands he's on been that.
1: Jimmy's been um, on the show a couple of times. I actually uh, oh, shared a room shared a room with Jimmy one time at a conference, but that's uh, neither here nor there.
2: Oh yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I do want to read that. Like I said, I'm in. I'm kind of in the learning mode on this, but naturally, I fast um, probably because I eat more fats in my diet. I'm eating less carbs so I eat more fats, and so I have protein and fats at night, and in the morning, I'm just not hungry. Um, of course, I'm not out, you know, uh, well, today, I actually had a book order for 1,000 books, so I was out loading the pickup all morning, but usually, <laughs> I'm sitting by the computer and not burning a lot of calories, but I don't really get very hungry until about noon or 1. Right. I might have a small handful of nuts, so that's just kind of my routine. For other people, um, it's, it's different, but, you know, the one thing that is important, I, I think, if you can get some 12 or 15 hour fasts in there, that's great. But for people with IBS and acid reflux, all these functional gastrointestinal disorders, right? Even though I got my start, cut my teeth on my own heartburn problem, I, this diet is really for all of these other functional GI issues, even bloating and diarrhea constipation. But people, um, will, uh, some people will fast, you know, in the morning, some in the afternoon. But what's really important is to just not eat during the day for about four or five hours where you're just not snacking and eating because there is this thing called the migrating motor complex. So when you're talking about your friend who poops three times a day yeah. and somebody else's has gas and bloating and, and digestive issues, you do want to leave a window where this, these muscular contractions in your intestines can kind of move this stuff through. Yeah, And if you eat. You you uh, interfere with that.
1: Well, you also need a window in case you do have gas so that you can open and <laughs> and shoo the gas away. <laughs> As like we were on this road trip, Rick, uh, coming home from a long road trip this weekend, and my wife was asleep. I, at least I thought she was asleep. So I was going <laughs> I was gonna sneak one out. And, uh, you know, so, so I snuck one out, you know, thinking that she's asleep. She's not going to notice it. And all of a sudden, like, she didn't move. Her hand moved. And all of a sudden, like, the window, like, was rolling down. And I was like, oh, so, sorry. Uh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah.
2: I, I mentioned hydrogen and methane and carbon dioxide. They're all odorless right. But there is the hydrogen sulfide. Yep, that's the one. That's, we missed one. Yep. You found it. <laughs> well, okay. And
1: then really quickly, we um, creating a diverse gut biome. Like, so, if you could give like a elevator speech, five, six bullet points to uh, like how do you create a, a healthy, diverse gut biome?
2: Mm. Well, it gets back to something we said before, too, right? Whenever possible, you do want to avoid you know additives and preservatives, and especially antibiotics. Um, however, that's not always possible, right and And some I had Lyme disease myself last year. I was hiking up in New Hampshire. Oh damn thing bit me in the middle of the back i didn't see it for four days uh. until i was on the couch with the flu and so we oh. picked picked it off i deed it it was a lime tick i had uh, you know an absolute flu it was there's no question about it so i went to the emergency room just to try to get some doxycycline well they they googled it too and then charged me six hundred dollars but anyway
1: oh my
2: <laughs> gosh. so i did i did have to take doxycycline and it was terrible on my gut so there are cases when you just have to bite the bullet and do something that's not the greatest for your gut. Right. You know, uh, even even doing bowel cleansing before colonoscopy, people, you know, do that. They, at least then it's a more natural thing and you're probably going to... Pu- repopulate a little bit easier um so you need to repopulate sometimes and it it takes time but also just keeping keeping it lean and robust not overfeeding uh there's a lot of people out there that just they really think we're starving on microbiota here we are in the land of plenty uh, you know, snack shops on every corner and we're starving our microbiota and, and we have to feed them more and more and more fiber and more of this and more resistant starch and more prebiotics. I, I just don't agree at all. It actually in a, in a less well-fed environment. And by the way, the mucus in our own gut will feed these microbes when we don't, they're designed to prevent starvation. So why would you think they're not robust? in a low nutrient environment in fact it's more competitive for them and the and the ones that don't belong there the pathogens and parasites and, uh, and some of these organisms that aren't well adapted to the human gut they will be the first to go when things get tough and so i think you do want to challenge them so that's where the fasting comes in uh also i do believe a diverse diet Equals a diverse microbiota. So I have a protocol, people I work with, that, that I'll give them sometimes if I think they have. And a lot of times the testing shows they have low diversity. Um, eating a variety of fresh herbs, fresh vegetables. Um, and by the way, low what these FP points, we haven't had a chance to talk about that, but our diet has a calculation For for quantitating these fermentable carbohydrates, it's called the FP point system, and so these these herbs and vegetables will be all kind of low FP. Uh, So basil and parsley and things like that, Um, lettuce and greens, and uh, you know you can have some other vegetables, but just not the real high carb stuff. You know, try to watch it on well. The what about like
1: the fermentable stuff? The the healthy like actual uh sauerkraut uh the kombucha all that stuff is all that good to add in every now and then
2: no i th- in, in fact that is part of the protocol so one is herbs one is fresh vegetables and <laughs> you my memory tonight thanks and the other one is actually fermented foods. so cool. so kimchi and sauerkraut and some lacto-fermented vegetables and, or and pickles are great
1: and not the sauerkraut that's just soaked in vinegar people like the Clausen sauerkraut that just says vinegar—that's that's not fermented. It's just soaked in vinegar. You've got to find. Yeah. You've got to find the, or the can
2: or the canned stuff. <laughs> right.
1: You've got to find it. it it's, it'll say cabbage and like salt. That's the only thing in it. Uh, that's been well. Actu- it'll,
2: it should also say live culture.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you've got to. Yeah. You got to look for that, and it's just like you're just like oh good, I'm I'm he- I'm creating a healthy bacteria by eating like a bunch of vinegar soaked vegetables. Like that's not. It's a scam. I wish they wouldn't. I wish they wouldn't do that. Pickles too. Uh pickle soaked yeah, in vinegar and, and are not Don't fermented.
2: forget fermented milk products is something I, I think is good too. All in you know, not the sugary stuff with all the fruit in the yeah, bottom. Right. You know, the the basically no sugar added stuff and you could put a little stevia or something in there yeah. if you wanted. But um and not too much, maybe a half a cup of yogurt. Until if you're having symptoms, you know, these symptoms of bloating and all of these things we were talking about, uh, you know, you do have to watch those and with the with the lacto-fermented veggies, I'd say a half of one of those big New York deli-type pickles right. or a tablespoon of, of it. sauerkraut. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you see if you get used to it and you're okay with it because that those bacteria can – some of those strains can make a little bit of gas. Most of them don't yeah. make much gas. That's why when you do those lacto fermentations if you have an airlock on there you see it bubbles really slowly right so which is great they're not huge gas producers but they do make some gas some of them
1: what about um if you have access to like a cow drinking raw milk how is that like i mean you know like you live on a farm or something like what is your stance on raw milk
2: yeah, and that's a good question. And, you know, my stance, <laughs> my position, <laughs> it sounds so hard. Yeah. To say that way, your your has, platform um, on raw milk, yeah. It's changed because um, I was, you know, classically trained as a microbiologist. And I went through the whole PhD program. And part of that program is learning about uh, food poisoning. And right. dairy products are right up there. And wow, you've got to be really careful because milk and all these things and listeria and salmonella. Yeah. But it turns out this much more recent study done just, I don't know, three or four years ago uh, was an eye opener because at least from a modern modern farms that were kind of you know, better managed or whatever, um, they found very low incidences of, right. of GI infections from, from raw dairy. So I, that opened my eyes quite a bit.
1: Yeah, so, like, we get, I've talked about it on the show before, like, we, we do, like, a, a cow share, and we get a gallon of raw milk a week from, like, a really, you know, like, a, a good, like, a farm right outside of town or whatever. Like, two of my kids, I, they drink it, especially if they've, like, like, one of my daughters had strep a couple of times and had to take an antibiotic. It's a bacterial thing, but, like, when she would take her antibiotic, like, I would make her drink, like, not make her, she loves it, you know, but, like, here's a, also, here's a glass of raw milk to try to, you know help help with your gut and all that. Well, one of my daughters, whenever she drinks the raw milk, she has she gets like body odor. Is that a thing? Is that like what is that? Could that be a response like she's like lactose intolerant or something and like can't break it down and so it's like manifesting itself in in some sort of a, a odor through her pores or something or is that is that maybe something else? <laughs> she just stinks.
2: Yeah. I mean, if she if she's lactose intolerant, and, uh, and I don't know if your heritage is Northern European or not, because those 90% of Northern Europeans um, are tolerant to lactose yeah. as adults. And it, and it starts after weaning. Right. So, so your daughter's already on regular foods. If she was lactose intolerant, she would probably get kind of gas and bloating and diarrhea and stuff, yeah. more of a reaction like that. Right. And instead of just kind of, um, you know, body odor thing. Yeah. Huh. So I don't know
1: the answer to that. Yeah, yeah that's kind of a weird question.
2: Um. By the way, I, I I know you know you get more than milk from those cows. I saw one of the videos you made with your freezer with. Oh. you had bull balls and all kinds of tongues.
1: <laughs> and things. He did his research, Rick. Uh, there was actually I one.
0: He used every part, every part of the cow. Well, and
1: speaking <laughs> of milk,
2: yeah, it looked
0: great though, head to
1: tail. You're doing yeah, it. Yeah, I used to. I mean, my wife is is far removed from breastfeeding, uh, but whenever she would have like frozen breast milk in the freezer. She would be Stop like, hey, it. this is going to go bad. I would just like maybe dump some of it into my protein shake or something. But uh, it's very healthy, Rick.
0: Very that is healthy. not true. You did. That is not true. Why, why is that so weird? It's
1: like the most human food of all time. It's breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> and it tastes good too. It so tastes I great. It tastes great. <laughs> there are like bodybuilders now that are paying really a lot of money to like get – human breast milk, like it's a thing now, it's this weird, it's weird
0: professional bodybuilders is the standard by which, uh, oh no, that's normal (laughs) injecting
1: steroids directly into your elbow is also not (laughs) something that I would normally want to do but Dr. Norm, it's a
2: good way to build up your bifidobectin, yeah, there you go
1: well hey, we are at 45 minutes, I can't believe uh, the time has flown by Um, let's talk very briefly I want you to tell everybody where they can find you you know, Digestive Health Institute is it .com or .org it's .org, digestivehealthinstitute.org. We're going to put it in the show notes. Uh, where else can people find you to promote yourself a little bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's where they can find a lot of our stuff from, digestivehealthinstitute.org. They can join our fast-tracked, and spell T-R-A-C-T, fast Track diet group. It's the official Fast Track Diet Group on Facebook. Okay, you you sent me a link
1: to um, yeah. that, and I will put that in the show notes as well. Very cool.
2: Yeah, about seven thousand people on there sharing recipes and talking awesome. about the diet and uh, talking about all kinds of problems. You know, uh, laryngopharyngeal reflux. All we get a lot of the people on there with problems that nobody's been able to figure out, and so it's really been a great group. And and we're actually learning some things from the from the peeps on our page. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. So that's great. Well,
1: that's awesome. So everybody, check him out there, and uh, you have your cell phone number on here. I'll put your cell phone number out there as well, and your social security number is on here. This is all good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. people
2: can can call us. We do, you know, we do have this thing called a telephone. You just what? pick it up, and the, the number is eight four 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 nine five one one five one. So we do. I do a lot of uh, consultations with people with these GI issues and reflex and IBS and uh, LPR. So um, yeah, they can just reach us. And call us and
1: talk to us you, your number should you should have gotten like 1-800 sphincter or something i think that would have been fun
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's already taken mark that's my personal cell
1: phone number <laughs> rick's your cell phone number is yeah, 1-800 yeah <laughs> awesome yeah, well look into that yeah <laughs> awesome dr norm this has been really great and like really like we got to like uh one of the things on our list here so um maybe like later this spring or in the summer we can have you back on and, and tackle another uh, another topic
2: Sounds great. Thank, awesome. Thanks Mark. Really appreciate
1: it. We'll talk to you soon.
2: All right. Thanks Mark.
1: That was very interesting. I love that kind of stuff.
0: That was super interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I and I don't you know, on, on the surface, I don't have like a like a tremendous amount of like necessarily like interest in that. But then when I hear someone talking about like the stuff that goes on like in your intestines and in your stomach, like it's naturally very very interesting. That's the kind of stuff that like affects your health pretty drastic. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, like, the more and more, like, I, if I, if you aren't, like, if you, if the gut is still kind of a mystery to you, like, I would really encourage you to do, like, a, a Google alert or, like, every now and then just Google, like, gut biome or gut health and just kind of read some of the stuff because that's, like, kind of, like, the the thing that's getting a lot of attention right now. And like, he was talking about those papers say, and everything. Yeah, There's a lot I mean, of... They're,
0: they're making huge, yeah. huge, huge, like, kind of scientific discoveries linking gut biome to... All kinds of stuff that doesn't have anything to do with like crapping in your pants, right. like stuff like h- how your brain works. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, all connected it to stuff that I'm interested in, like you know uh, how it relates to uh, brain function of people that have like an autism spectrum disorder. Like those are, like they're making a, a, a tangible connection now. Yeah. So it's really really interesting.
1: All right, Rick. Um, this show is brought to you by um, my no one, but my, my mailbox. <laughs> yeah, it's brought to you by this quarter that I'm holding in my hand. Let's see, it's a uh, 1970. Oh, no, it's 2002. Who won the Heisman 2002? I don't
0: know. Sam Bradford. I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't know who won the Heisman last yes,
1: year. Yes, you do. Is it Baker? Yes, Demi.
0: Okay. I don't. I, I honestly, I do not pay any attention at all whatsoever to college.
1: I know who won the Parker Stanley last year. Not. Is that what it's called, the Parker Stanley? Nope. It, no, it's the Stanley, Stanley Bowl. It's the Stanley Bowl. I know who won the nope. Stanley Bowl. After. It was oh, the Colorado Colorado Rockets. No, no, no. Colorado Rocky?
0: <laughs> All right, John, well. <laughs>
1: I said that to Jen when we were driving into the mountains this weekend. I said that to her, and she just she didn't All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Semi-Human Podcast.
0: And remember,
1: and the new guy that like he handed me off to uh, won't uh, call me back. So until next time, enjoy yourself.